0: It's a beautiful day in the universe. You're listening to Cosmically Yours, a podcast with intuitive astrologer Kara James. I'm glad you're here. Not just listening in. I'm glad you're here on the planet. The world needs you to claim your brilliance. And in these weekly audio letters, I hope to inspire you to do just that. Monday, December 21st, 2020. Dear Listener, it's a big day in the cosmos. Perhaps you're feeling it. A lot of us have been feeling a lot the last few days. The moon has been in Pisces. We were in a crescent moon. It's a bit of an emotional struggle time. I know it had me in tears for a few minutes yesterday. You know, just the normal existential crisis that pops up now and then. And uh, my son also found me in tears today. I was just hanging out in the kitchen about to make some lunch And my sweet 12-year-old boy, who, you know, isn't really want for emotional displays these days, uh, came running up to me, uh, gave me a great big hug, spilled tears all over my sweater, and said, I miss Baby Yoda. It turned out he was just finishing watching the final episode of uh, The Mandalorian, and if you've seen it, you know how adorable Baby Yoda is. And uh, at the end, baby, well, maybe I shouldn't spoil it. But anyway, baby Yoda goes away and, uh, you know, got him in tears. And I thought, okay, yep, crescent Pisces moon. Uh, not not a huge surprise. But fortunately for me, I got a nice big mama hug, which I don't always get. And um, and now we're moving on. We're moving into Aries uh, energy this afternoon, which we'll talk about a little bit later but uh, the big thing that's happening today actually two really big things are happening today but the first of which is it's the solstice as you likely know and often we here in the north call it the um, the winter solstice but it's it's better to call it the december solstice because it's happening both in the north and in the south and solstice essentially means where the sun stands still It's an astronomical point. It's the furthest that the sun will get from the equator. And we use the solstices and the equinoxes as major pivot points in the wheel of the year, Um, thus also pivot points for our 12-signed zodiac. We divide the sky, we divide time based on the solstices and equinoxes and then divide into 12 equal signs. And the sign of Sagittarius, where the sun has just left, is a sign of movement. It's the sign that moves us towards the uh, the tropical, Tropic of Capricorn, and uh, delivers the sun to this space where it is currently now. And tropicos, or tropicorn, or tropicos, uh, literally means turnaround. It's the spot where the sun gets to and turns around before beginning, either its ascent or descent, towards the equator. And I gotta say, I'm, I'm feeling like a bit of a solstice curmudgeon today, and social media will often do this to me. I get a little irritated sometimes about, um, I don't know, the sometimes the flippant uses of astrology, and of course, this this case, it's also astronomy. Um, but everybody who's posting about the solstice seems to be already celebrating the return of the light. And frankly, the light doesn't really start growing um, for us here in the north until. Until tomorrow. I mean, the solstice is the the shortest day for us here in the north. The longest day for those in the south. It's the it's the point of celebrating the extremes, not the change. We can save that change for tomorrow. And as a society, we do glorify the light. You know, any film or um, you know bit of literature. I mean, the the good guys are are always in white, and the bad guys are in black. Societally, the lighter skin you have, the more privilege you tend to have. You know, we generally in the West have an issue with darkness. We are such a hurried culture, a striving culture. I mean, electricity itself means that we never have to be in darkness. We are never forced to rest. We can burn both ends of the candle as it were. We can run our shops and our workers night and day to increase profit. And you know, we associate the solar principle with the masculine. Is it surprising at all that the feminine yin darkness has been suppressed in our culture, in our society? And yet, in nature, nothing is meant to grow exponentially. Everything is kept in check, kept in balance the sun and the moon, the seasons, the predators and prey. Darkness, though, has its own special magic. In darkness, we increase our inner sight. In darkness, we can feel empowered without that risk of being seen. In darkness, we can see the truth of our own being. All things begin in darkness, from the creation of the world to the tiny garden seed to the spark of life within a mother's womb. So let us not rush through the darkness to return to the light. Each has something special to teach us. And if you're in a place of darkness now, um, know that in the deep earthen spaces of your being, there exists in you a quiet incubation. Something is becoming. This darkness is required for whatever is to grow. And so today, our sun, the king of the sky, the co-ruler of our heavens, has reached his farthest journey south of the equator, because even sovereigns know their limits. And here the king will rest for three days, neither climbing nor descending. Um, the solstice, the sun stays, the sun sits, the sun rests. And for those of us who seek to live in the rhythms of nature, we are wise, too, to rest at this time. And in this rest, whether you're experiencing the shortest day in the north or the longest day in the south, we realize that anything contains everything. Today is both the day of greatest darkness and greatest light, depending on your perspective. And of course, as I mentioned today, is not just important due to the solstice. Um, We also have another big, big event. Saturn and Jupiter, the largest planets in our solar system, came together Uh, today for their every 20-year connection. And you've probably heard about this either here on my show or maybe you've seen articles. And this has been referred to as the Christmas star because it's believed that the magi, the wise men reported in the Bible, um, that they were following this bright star to find the baby Jesus. And there is some evidence that it may be Uh, Saturn and Jupiter when they come together they're both bright in their own right um, create an even brighter star and Saturn and Jupiter coming together has often marked the shifts in kingdoms when a new king is is coming and so of course you know the Bible baby Jesus the the king that was to come. Now, this coming together of Saturn and Jupiter is an event that you can see in the sky. We've had a hell of a hard time seeing it here in Portland the last few days. Um, of course, we've been covered in clouds as we often are, and I was grateful to be able to see it some weeks in advance that Saturn and Jupiter are getting closer and closer together. But hopefully you have a, a view of, of this event in your skies. Um, just as of today, they well, they made a connection this morning. Um, and You know, shortly thereafter, Jupiter is a faster moving planet. So Jupiter has now outpaced Saturn. So you'll be able to start to see that shift um, in the heavens as well. But one thing I noticed this morning, I was just sitting on my couch enjoying a little bit of coffee. I don't do caffeine well, but I always take a few little sips. And I was just sitting there noticing the clouds outside were moving incredibly swiftly I don't know if you saw that or if that was happening in your neck of the woods, but it was really arresting to look up and notice uh, how, how fast the clouds were moving. And I just thought the winds of change are here. Saturn and Jupiter have connected. They've combined here in the sign of Aquarius. It's the solstice. It's a time of great change. Now, when Saturn and Jupiter come together, there's a bit of a push-pull. Saturn is the stronger of the planets, and in fact, each has quite a different nature. In traditional astrology, Saturn is known as a malefic, a planet that can harm life. Jupiter is a benefic, uh, one that is supportive of life. So they're they're quite different from one another. They are somewhat at odds. Um, so there's this kind of push-pull energy because Jupiter is known to expand uh, and expose, and Saturn is a planet that constricts and contracts. So there's a bit of creative tension that's born uh, out of these two coming together uh, and tugging, <laughs> tugging over one another. And, you know, Jupiter is an eternal optimist and a risk taker. So uh, moving into Aquarius, he may be swooning about all the different possibilities, thinking about progress, what's ahead, what can we create, what can we invent, uh, what what could society look and be like? And Saturn's coming along with, you know, his clipboard and and pen saying, but do we have the structures? Do we have the capital? Do we have the means to make this happen? How are we going to do it? So they're really a wonderful team uh, and a team that makes a lot of shifts and changes in society. And uh, as you know, this is an exciting time because their every 20-year meetup for the next few hundred years will now take place in air signs. So signs of swift change and progress and communication and um You know, structuring our ideas. So it's a really, really, really exciting time um, to be here. And Aquarius is a sign that rules, um, well, uh, quite a lot of things. Uh, We often think of technology, um, scientific advancement. Um, We think of media in different forms. Aquarius can get messages out to a wide audience. Social media falls under the auspices of Aquarius. And so these are, these are areas where we may see growth. We may also see restriction and regulation, um, but there's a lot of focus that will be here, you know, in the sign of Aquarius for the next few years. And there's going to be some tension as we move through 2021 between this air energy, the sky energy of Aquarius, and the Earth energy of Taurus. There will be a number of squares, which is a tense aspect, uh, between Saturn and Uranus in these signs. And, you know, I've, I've been thinking about... Well, I shouldn't say I've been thinking today. I started thinking about uh, a children's book that you may have seen uh, written by Leo Leone, the story of Frederick the Mouse. Um, It's got a cute little mouse on the cover holding a flower. You may remember that image. And I love children's books, I will say. It was one of my goals long ago to write children's books. and who knows? perhaps that will come back someday. But I have a huge, huge love of children's books. And um, Leo Leone, author and illustrator, is just absolutely wonderful. And in this story, Frederick the Mouse lives with his fellow friends and it's you know it's fall and they're, they're all harvesting the nuts and the seeds and all of the different things that they need to be able to survive the winter. And meanwhile, all his friends are gathering and um, doing what they need to do. Frederick is is just walking around, looking at the colors uh, of the trees and of the flowers, and he's... You know, you could look at him and go, gosh, he's goofing off. Everybody is gathering what they need, and he's just kind of walking around being a bit of a dreamer and an artist. And so the fellow friends would say, Frederick, what are you doing? And he said, uh, or they said, what are you doing for work? And he said, well, I do work. I, I gather sun rays for the cold, dark winter days. I gather colors for winter is gray he says, I'm gathering words for the winter days are long and many, and will run out of things to say. So his priorities were quite different from that of his friends. And the story goes, they go into their you know little cave or crevice where they're spending the winter, and they are sustained by all of the little nuts and seeds that the friends had gathered. And when those wear out, when those Uh, supplies draw down, the friends say, what about your supplies, Frederick? And he speaks of the sun and the mice begin to feel warmer. He paints colors into their minds. He shares with them a poem. And these bits of creativity and artistry are what carry them through the final days of winter. And so I'm thinking about this in relation to the tension between Aquarius and Taurus. Um, Taurus is a sign, an earth sign, that likes the having a plan, <laughs> likes knowing what's what's happening, having security and stability. Those are, it's like the mice who are gathering the resources that they need to make sure that they can survive the harsh winter. And Aquarius is quite a creative and inventive energy, one that is not particularly... Concerned with going with the um, with the status quo, and so here's Frederick, a little Aquarian mouse, saying, "Well, I am working. I'm just working in a really different way from you, and I'm gathering resources that are equally important, though they might not look that look like that to you." So I'm thinking of this tension between Aquarius and Taurus as you know showing up in us in some way this year and it will depending on uh, you know in different ways depending on how these energies show up in your chart so your gifts your joy this year may be at odds with what sustains you this new path this new way of being may look very different from the Taurus plan And yet, if we work together and we all give each other the space to be radically ourselves, very Aquarian, we can thrive. We can come together as a community. Uh, Frederick wasn't gathering acorns, but he needed acorns. His friends weren't gathering beauty, and yet they needed it when the nights grew dim. So Aquarius is an energy that helps us show up with our individual strengths to make the world a better place. Ultimately, it is about the community. It is about furthering society in some way, but it requires us to show up as uniquely ourselves. So this is one of the big themes of the coming year that Saturn and Jupiter are just kicking off, just getting started by moving into Aquarius in the last few days and meeting together today. So look to your chart, see where you have Aquarian energy, which house, A house is just a way we divide up uh, space uh, in the sky, um, representing different areas of your life. So depending on where this Aquarian energy is, um, we'll have, there'll be some messages around what your, where that tension is in your life, that creative tension, and perhaps what you're being asked to do with that. So take note, take a peek at your chart. And ask, how can I bring all of myself, all of my genius forward in the next few years? And you will be well, well served. Let's take a look at the rest of the week. Again, there's been a lot going on. We've had a number of planets change signs. Of course, um, the sun today at solstice moved into Capricorn. Um, Just yesterday, Mercury moved into Capricorn. So these two planets are conjunct. They are hanging out at the same spot in the zodiac right now and of course they're answering to Saturn in Aquarius so they're getting ready to develop a new a new plan um, so today as I mentioned we are in the crescent moon energy um, of Pisces and just in the next half hour depending when you're listening to this at 2 32 p.m the moon moves into Aries so we kind of can leave a little bit of that, woe is me, I'm confused. What's going on? This is this is hard energy into Aries, which is much more directed. And, um, and later this afternoon, uh, the moon will move into a uh, first quarter moon. So that's a moon of action of I can do it, I will do it. And I'm going to push, push, push and make it happen. So Aries moon helps us uh, be able to let frustration fuel us in some way. So notice if that's rising up in you and realize that you have a call to action. Uh, the moon will stay in Aries throughout Tuesday on uh, on Wednesday as well. And on Wednesday, we have a, another tough energy. We have Mars who is, has, you know, we know he's retrograded through Aries. He's been a big player this year. Made many squares to the outer planets that were related to the COVID conversation, and on Wednesday Mars does his very last pass of making a tense relationship a square with the planet Pluto. So when when Mars and Pluto have had this relationship earlier in the year, it's spurred up on COVID um, numbers increasing. Um, you know lots of lots of different things that we've seen um uh, with this mars square and this is the final one the final pass um for mars to create this tense energy and then moves on and we'll sail into taurus um uh, not too far after. So just watch, watch for Wednesday, just know that there's kind of a completion of the story, whatever has been stirring in you, if you've had a lot going on in the last six months. Um, Wednesday may be kind of the final message, the final push, the final aha of whatever that tension has been about so take note of Wednesday. Um, on Thursday early in the morning, 2.55 a.m. Pacific time, uh, the moon will shift into Taurus. Uh, it will move into a gibbous moon, so we're, our light is growing. We're preparing for the full moon to come, and this is a real nice energy for, uh, for Christmas Eve and for Uh, For Christmas Day, if you celebrate, Um, moon in Taurus is exalted there. So um, it's just a real pleasant place. The moon likes to hang out. And it's a nice energy for being with our families, being home, enjoying the pleasures of life. So I'm very happy to see the lovely moons that we have um, for our holiday celebrations. And then on um, Let's see, on Friday, moon will still be in Taurus and uh, makes a really nice aspect to Neptune. So there's this kind of sweet inspired energy. And then the next day, Saturday, the 26th, the moon will move into Gemini. And again, it's still a gibbous moon. So there's this growth of ideas, um, perfecting uh, what we've been thinking about, what we've been working on. So another um, nice day moon will make some trines, first to Pluto, then Saturn and Jupiter. So there's this kind of nice healing balm type of energy amongst the planets that have been um, stirring up a lot in society this year. And on Sunday, the 27th, the moon will remain in Gemini. Um, There's another uh, big thing that day where the sun will trine Uranus. And this will begin to trigger a Um, Uranus who's currently retrograde going direct on January 14th so we'll talk more about Uranus in the weeks ahead but that's some of what's happening in the sky this week so I wish you a happy solstice a time of rest and renewal of rooting into this Capricorn season which at its very best is a celebration of the wisdom of the earth of the feminine and with that I wish you well I remain cosmically yours, Kara James.